Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, David Lopez. And now, here is your host, Rob Pastrami. I cannot believe the year is almost over. It's Rob, a long-awaited new episode of Squared Circle Pit. It's here. I have a great guest today, David Lopez. Uh, if the name doesn't immediately ring a bell, he is a composer for ICW over in in uh, the United Kingdom. And David's got a lot of great stories. We talk a lot about entrance music. We talk about the British wrestling scene and just growing up a wrestling fan. Some cool chats with a fellow metalhead. And uh, you hear New York City in the background. It's actually, it feels like a spring day today. Thanks to our lovely global climate change. Uh, November was a very interesting month for professional wrestling and for heavy metal, sure. Uh, I saw the Survivor Series, NXT TakeOver War Games, front to back, absolutely excellent. I loved War Games. I loved all the matches. Velveteen Dream versus Aleister Black was a highlight. Survivor Series, the highlight was obviously Brock versus AJ for me. And as far as that main event, I had uh, I just had a lot of problems with it. it. It bothered me very much that it came down to Shane McMahon being alone on one side and then Triple H, Kurt Angle, and Braun Strowman on the other. I don't mind Bra- Braun Strowman, but Triple H and Kurt Angle was a bit of an eye roll. Uh, but we like to keep things positive here, so let's keep it positive. I want to going to talk to David. Here And before I do, he, like I said, he makes entrance themes. So he created a little medley of a bunch of entrance themes he created for a, a few wrestlers. And I'm going to play that first. And then I'm going to get to the interview. Entering the squared circle pit from across the pond. This is a transcontinental broadcast of the squared circle pit. I have uh, David, aka Lopan. Thank you, David. We finally got on the on the horn together. Thank you for having me, man. Now, David, you uh, produced uh, a ton of music, uh, and you're currently working with. In cha- insane championship wrestling. Can you just tell us about some of the other places where you've uh, produced music for? Yeah, well, uh, my main gig is insane championship wrestling, but I've done, I did all the original content for What Culture when it first started out. I think they're defiant wrestling now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just done some stuff for them today, actually. I've done stuff for new japan pro wrestling that's now in ring of honor as well because of war machine uh, i did drew gallery's song for tna and they're like they're my main four but i just do gigs here and there as well and i that's let right. other people use, I, yeah i let other people use my songs as well man on indie shows and stuff like if they ask i just go yeah and i'll send them the mp3 and they can use it so you produce the theme that war machine comes out to in new japan yeah yeah 
So that's pretty sick. Like if they were at the Tokyo Dome this coming January, it's going to be your music blasting in that giant (laughs) stadium. That's pretty wild. Well, that's going to top that. Like, because I remember the weekend where they came out to it in the Hammerstein Ballroom, and I was just like, what's going on? (laughs) Like, they just came out in the ballroom, and I must have watched it like 10 times. And the, the cool thing is about Ring of Honor New Japan, when you're coming, when, when, when the guys are coming out to the songs, they actually credit you on the screen in the bottom left-hand corner as well. So oh, that's awesome. they come out, it had the name and the title of the song, which was Prepare for War. Oh, man, it was cool. That was actually a kind of cool gig. Like, they came over from, well, they came over to ICW. They were booked on one of the big four shows. And mm-hmm. I had already done them a song and I knew like I knew what the guys were into anyway. So I made them a song very chunky, droppy, you know. What like, what, oh, what were they into? Did they give you like some bands they like? Yeah, like Sick of All, Biohazard, you know, that old kind of New York hardcore. Oh, okay. So so I was like, right, I'm gonna go totally as low as I can go on this <laughs> song. Because of how they look as well, man. Like Yeah. So I'd done that. I, I met them before the show because I've got this OCD thing where it's like I have to speak to the guys before the show to one, either let them hear the song or two, tell them, listen, you've got like you've got like five, 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 ten seconds intro, then it kicks in, you come out, I've gave you maybe 30, 40 seconds for the walk around the ring, the hook will kick in when you're in the ring, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. OCD when it comes to that, man. And uh, after it, uh, they asked, they were like, man, could you do as a song for Ring of Honor and New Japan? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I went straight in and I, I I sat for about a week, man, gave it tweaks, put in the explosions, you know what I mean? Just just kind of polished it up and just made it sound better. And then we kept I kept shooting it back with me and Raymond over email right up until the point where he said, boom, that's it there. Don't change anything else. Send me that. <laughs> I was like, cool, man. And he... Uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan were pretty cool. Like they sent out the form straight away, licensed it out to them. Boom, Bob's your uncle, man. <laughs> so that's cool. So you're saying like when you, when when you get assigned, you know, to create a song for a wrestler, yeah. uh, you try to, you know, you want it to be something that they enjoy. But but like, what what's the process like? Do you kind of uh, take into consideration what their character is and and, and like their kind of walk to the ring? Mm-hmm. The main priority for me is the character, man. Like, there's nothing more I hate than just wrestlers picking random songs that they like to walk out to. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you're taking the gamble and like, oh yeah, we'll use this song and by the time they get to the ring, it's like a slow bit or a silent bit or a bit before a breakdown and you're like, oh. So for <laughs> me, for me, for, for Or like me, the, or the ones, like, like people come out to... Uh... Uh, like Rage Against the Machine, that one song that has like that two minute intro with like dun 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 dun, dun, dun a Bulls on Parade, and it's like this is not this is not a song, this is not a wrestling intro. <laughs> yes, exactly, man. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's yeah. the thing as well. Like, wait, I'm gonna go off on a tangent. Sorry, but I'll, I'll come back no. to this. Uh, it's always the character, man. Like, luckily enough for me, I've been watching it like my whole life. So I'm kind of familiar with everybody, but if I'm not familiar with somebody, I'll go watch a lot of their matches on YouTube, or I'll like I'll get the contact details, I'll speak to them, ask, like find out what their vibe is, man, mm-hmm. and then from that I just do the song. And I need like I like to 
see how long it takes them to get to the ring as well when I'm watching back their matches. Yeah, so, so you that time know, that as well. Yeah, yeah, so I can time it, man. And I've learned as well, like, do not do big 20-second epic intros, man. Because one, the fans are waiting for ages. Two, they're waiting backstage to come through the curtain. And three, it eats up into time as well. So, like, over time, I've just kept, kept at it and kept at it. And now I'll give them maybe, like, five seconds, eight seconds at the most. Like right before it goes boom so they've got like that that kind of little two bar hype and then boom they can come through yeah 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 the songs in man and I, i'm you know you said you've been uh, watching your your whole life and i'm sure that uh jim johnston the old wwe music producer is probably a big influence uh and i was he, just what was sorry that? Aren't you going no go for go ahead I was going to say he is the main influence and I just like apparently today he got, he got let go or something. There's a rumor, but it's not confirmed. Yeah. It's not confirmed, but yeah. he hasn't really been working too much with them anyway. Yeah, he's kind because of yeah, he's been doing more like the move, like movie stuff and soundtracks yeah. and for the WWE studios. So when I seen that, I was like, what? But, but yeah, like. What were some Scottish of your favorite stu- songs? What were, what were the, what were your jams? <sighs> Four Horsemen theme. Oh, but that uh, was that a Jim? I don't think that was a Jim Johnson. It wasn't. That was a Jimmy Hart one. But yeah. when it comes to see, that's in my Mount Rushmore <laughs> of wrestling themes. But uh, if it's Jim Johnson, Vader, Vader. I, you know that's yeah. so funny. That's that was in my head too because I remember like on Wrestling Challenge or Superstars or something they had like a behind the scenes. And it was Jim Johnson talking about the Vader song, and he was just saying how, like, oh, you know, I'm looking at this guy, and he's, like, walking to the ring, and I'm thinking, like, what does he walk like? And he had a guitar in his hand, and he was just doing the riff. He was like, this is what he walks like. Yeah. And it was just like, that's it. That was the song. Yeah, I mean, like, I watched Royal Rumble 96 again yesterday, and, like, that's when uh, Vader debuted. And again, man, like you're just sitting watching, it and then all you hear is the "It's time" and the "Dun Dun Dun." Rah, yeah, like, he's really good at those like elephant marching riffs. Like it's kind of like yeah. the Brock Lesnar theme. It's so memorable because yeah. it's such a simple, great riff. Yeah, another, another Jim Johnson great one, uh, the Brood. The Brood, yeah. <sighs> See when it had that ding 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 ding, and like and, like the guitar had like, that phaser on it with a right 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 and it's so interesting i listened he was on steve austin's podcast i'm not sure if you heard it but i recommend to go Mm -hmm. out of your way to check it out because austin basically just plays him a song a theme song and then he just talks about it you know but one thing that kind of was like a bummer was he is not at all into heavy metal like he likes rock and like classic rock but he specifically said like oh i don't like the vocals you know like the the typical thing you would say and it it was a a bit surprising to me because he's such a phenomenal composer of heavy metal like just the 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 great like chunky riffs yeah i mean that's the thing like metal goes hand in hand with wrestling like there's no there's no other way about it i mean even the old the old raw song thorn in your eye when it just it has that kind of like anthraxy start, and then it's the end, you know it's why like it has that anthraxy start? Bit. It's because is it was it? Scott Ian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wrote that riff. Literally, he was in that. He was oh. that session player. But yeah, totally. Oh. I totally know what you mean. It's that so good, that man. riff was so great. I mean, one of the other ones I like though is the old Owen Hart one. See the old high energy one. 
Yeah. And then it So you could be here talking for ages, man. Yeah. And, and then the Bret Hart one as well. Like, see, see the thing I like about Jim Johnson as well. Like, he had monster metal riffs, but his guitar solos, like that tone that he had, with like this big delay chorus, like total eighties, nineties cheddar, man. You're just like, ah, oh, give me all of that, please, now. <laughs> and then, and then, what I love even more is like that he he had the. The first Bret Hart version, then he had like the amped up version. Yeah. And now then the Natalia remix. It's so exciting. Like even, you know, 20 years later, like anytime I hear Natalia, I'm like, oh man, (laughs) these riffs are still so good. (laughs) Yeah. And every time you hear it in your head, you go, you can't help it. Right. Yeah. The rhythm, the rhythm is so infectious. (laughs) He's he's just a a phenomenal, or like the Stone Cold theme too. Yeah. Uh, and especially like when they, I remember that's when they, you know, WWE was like blowing up huge and they yeah. were putting out albums and they did that whole metal remix album and they got disturbed to like oh. do lyrics to like a yeah. even more metal version, like a cheesier version of this. Yeah. And they had thing. like Seven Dust doing Jericho's and stuff, man. That was, that was the force yeah, of the yeah. entry. The entry oh, right, right. Man. Yeah. And Saliva did Batista and that ended up just being Batista's song. You know, yeah, like yeah, I, I think along. they did. They did. They also did the Dudleys as well, because when I had to do the Dudley song, like they're like one of the one, the one for the Indies, I was I was doing it and it was really heavy and it was like a boom boom bam boom, boom boom and I was like hold on, and then I, I didn't realize I was subconsciously writing <laughs> the, the, the Saliva <laughs> song, <laughs> but I just threw in a couple of swear words and profanity to mix it up so it didn't sound the same. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Well, you mentioned... Hey, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, another one before you move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems to be a forgotten classic. The Ministry version of The Undertaker's theme. Yes, because it was only used for like five days. Yeah. But also the corporate ministry, uh, it was like yeah. a remix where they added like the No Chance in Hell vocals to the yeah. ministry theme. Ah, that was great. Oh, it was good, man. Like, I mean, that song, like when I... We always do this thing. We always play a game called Guess the Theme, and we'll only play like three seconds of the theme. Ah, oh, that's the we'll yeah. We do it all the time, man, and that's always one that we have to put on, man. Like it's a, it's one of the ones that's like, not that it's so underrated, but it's just forgotten in the midst of all of that blowing up because the song is so good, man. Because it's just that total metal tastic riff with that orchestra. I mean, there you go. That song was Nightwish before Nightwish was Nightwish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. he he nails all the genres without even like paying attention to them. You know, yeah. it, it's so wild. Yeah. Did uh, you ever notice the similarities between Stone Cold Steve Austin's song and the Big Boss Man song? Because you had Stone Cold's was ba dum bum ba dum bum, and Big Boss Man's was ba ba boom boom boom. <laughs> you know, I never thought about it. Uh, and now you're just like, what? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's an old Scottish saying where it's like. Honestly, ask my mates and they'll tell you. Like, what it is, is, is see, when we were all growing up and I was learning how to play guitar and piano and drums, like, my dad bought me a drum kit. Uh, like, we had the attic done because the house was small, so we had the attic done for me and my brother. He bought him a drum kit, me a guitar, and me a keyboard. My brother gave up the drums, so I just tried learning all three. But then when we were growing up in the mid-90s, when everybody would do the backyard wrestling, I would walk about with the guitar playing all the old themes like That's I would great. learn yeah I would learn Stone Cold's 
Uh, though I think the one I played all the time because it was an acoustic was the New Age Outlaws theme and then when I learned the DX theme I remember taking the guitar into high school and I was like everybody look at this look at this and then like, <laughs> and so it is pretty cool to be doing all this now when I get back to like 96, 97, 98 and I was like man I would love to do this when I'm older and now I'm like Jesus I'm actually yeah you were training you were training for it <laughs> yeah I mean because like all, all the other guys that don't work with w, uh, WWE at the moment like because I've done like Drew Galloway's song uh, the Dudleys Alberto Del Rio Rey Mysterio Kevin Nash I mean I mean oh, that's off the top of my head but there has been a couple of others as well but when I did the Nash one I gave him that big heavy metal 12 bar blues like so it was very diesel but it was more edgy again massively influenced by Jim Johnson right right you you have the references intact yeah yeah uh so how did you fall into into it like what was your first gig do you remember well, like how it started well the band that i was in we came back in 2010 or 11 from 11 from the european limp biscuit tour like uh fred durst took us on tour and it was it was cool man it was great good experience and uh we gave one of the songs to icw because i was friends with him i was like yeah use that song and that went on to be the song where everybody chants like if you want something then come and get so and uh, like it, i didn't realize it was going to like snowball as much as it did and then one day i'll remember i remember exactly what was happening man i was watching lieutenant kenda homicide hunter and uh, <laughs> drew phones me and he was like hey man can i use that other song for uh tna and i was like yeah totally so we went did the deal with tna and i was like yeah you can use it and from that man it just snowballed and i actually counted from last december i've done 178 pieces of music if you take into account entrance music promo music event music different music for a different match hype you know what i mean like just making sure everything sounds different so you're also scoring all the promos and stuff yeah yeah and i've just recently got this big orchestral pack so i'm starting to learn how to make it sound more cinematic and those big steel builds see like those terminator drums like the like trying to use all that kind of incorporate all that in it man so it's been it's been really fun but so, so you're coaches, you're just kind of doing this all like on your own you know yeah. kind of like a for lack of a better word like a bedroom producer essentially yes yes what i did was is i bought all the stuff for a studio and just put it in my bedroom i've got oh, so you're a literal man, so. you're a literal bit yeah oh it's great i've just a i've just went and seen new space because it's getting too much and i, and I want to get better gear so i've just found this space that i'm moving into in two or three months uh, it's definitely over the new year they said i can have it and i'm moving everything in there because what i want to do is get it all in there set it up set up the drum kit set up the guitars the studios but it means if i want to work with any other artists or get anybody else to come in and sing then it's more centralized and they right. don't have to come home i can it means i can get them in and i've got somewhere to go where i can make yeah. all the music you could separate it a little from your personal uh life exactly yeah exactly man. To- totally understood yeah i mean there's another guy i work with as well neil like he he's done a couple of songs like when drew went to what culture me mm-hmm. and him done a song together and sent them it and me and him done a one recently for bt gone and it's like sometimes it can get too much 
so like i say to neil i was like oh here do you want to do this and like if you do the music i'll do the vocals on this or if there's like a batch of like 20 songs to do like he'll take some i'll take some and we'll just work through it because he he came through and he helped me out and when i was doing all the icw stuff last year for the big you know how last year was like fear and love and nine the big biggest european wrestling event in 30 years like right yeah i wanted I was, to talk about yeah, that like you guys yeah. are doing like arenas now like big uh, ten thousand person arena like how many people was it a or a little less it was like i, it I was hope, like six. Six. six six still but like yeah. for an indie show yeah yeah it's, it's absolutely ridiculous man it's yeah. great and then and then there's me like like because i'm also like i go to the shows as well as i said like i like to speak to everybody make sure they know what their songs like if they haven't heard it but i've also started watching the production guys because i'm like well i'm doing all this in the house i want to go to the shows and see how it's actually done so i can see them queue up like how the music goes from the music to the lighting guy the lighting guy syncs it up that's synced up with the titantron you know what i mean like i want yeah, to yeah. other stuff as well but it's crazy man like i was sitting in a dressing room just there uh, two weeks ago it was just me ray mysterio kevin nash girlfriend <laughs> and a barber like we were just sitting talking away like and that was all because me and ray were talking about songs and i had done his and i was like man i, I, I gave it like a little bit of mexican flavor but kept it really kind of like the old pod new metal and from that he was just like yeah you want to come in and sit and listen to some songs man and then that was us we sat in there for like an hour and a half listening to guns and roses and the old wcw uh like oh what was his faction with conan called filthy animals it was like oh like all of his that? rap yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i remember he had like it a was... budding hip-hop career him <laughs> yeah, and conan yeah. it was so funny yeah it was cool man and then big kev came in and we just sat and listened to some old school rock man it was it was insane but then i made sure i got my wcw playstation one game signed i know <laughs> people i know people like to get wrestling events signed but i was like nah man nitro for the playstation one so it was you, Ray Mysterio, and Kevin, and that must have been a, a pretty wild uh, hang. What what yeah. rock were you guys listening to? What were you listening to? Hey, it, it was more old school rock we were listening to. There was like Guns N' Roses, ACDC, Journey, and then we started comparing the new Journey singer to the old Journey singer because the, the new guys got a ridiculous vocal range, and then White Snake and... You know what I mean? Like, kind of old classic rock, classic metal. But it was cool. And then we started sitting, talking about, like, Pearl Jam. And we were talking about uh, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and the whole 90s grunge scene. Oh, it was cool, man. Now, uh, so where where are you located right now? I, I don't think we, we discussed that. Like, what part of the UK are you from? Glasgow, Scotland, man, where it is mm -hmm. absolutely really cold as fuck right now. <laughs> oh, my condolences. It's starting to get cold here in New York as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like it's insane because uh, how big the UK wrestling scene has blown up in the last few years. I wasn't really paying attention to it until it's like absolutely impossible not to now. And it, it's what like I still like to me, it's it's a little confusing as to like how so many different promotions can exist within this uh, relatively small region. You know, you mentioned ICW what culture i know there's rev pro progress yeah. so that's like four already like yeah. how how do they not how does everybody not step on each other's toes you know what i mean yeah my opinion in this is see because everybody's all in it to make it better together that it reminds me of the old 
NWA territories in some respect where it's mm-hmm. like guys will work here for a while and then they'll go work down south or you know what I mean it, like so do they they all kind of stick to a certain part yeah. of the UK they don't kind of yeah because up here you've got ICW is like Scotland then you have SWA in Scotland but they don't run shows the same time as ICW and they don't have the same storylines as ICW so even storyline wise nothing conflicts with any of the promotions and then because are the characters alignments the same like is someone a heel in one and a face in another or yeah i mean for a while there sha samuels the butcher he was a heel down south like mega heel but yeah in scotland he was a total baby face i see interesting yeah he's the only guy i can think of but that's because they built him up down there for like over a year to be this monster heel who was choking people out of a sleeper hole that's how he was winning all his matches for like a year Mm-hmm. That was cool, man. Now, is there like a like a ranking of like like you know one fed is clearly the the biggest, or, or are they all kind of on relatively even ground? Well, I would say it was ICW for ages, and then I would say Progress caught up with them, and now I would say after that show there, the ICW is back on top, and that's no disrespect to any other promotion. No, no, it's no. Just I like to look at it from the outside as a fan as well as like working right. in the industry. So I like to see what's going on. And I mean, I mean, progress, progress are going to try and run an an arena next year, and all all the power to them. I hope I hope they pull it off. Right, they're doing the uh, uh, Wembley Arena, right? Like Wembley. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I've done songs for Progress as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't discriminate <laughs> nah totally not man i mean that's a good thing as well like because everybody's striving to make it as good as possible over here that everybody is helping each other out i mean i'm just <clears throat> i'm just a guy that does music man they, they could have got anybody to do that and thankfully it's me i mean that that's that's my humble humble opinion <laughs> but it is it is good to see that everybody over here is uh, getting to this point and now everybody in a global scale is going oh what's going on over in the uk yeah and, and now all these again, uk wrestlers are blowing up yeah, worldwide in, yeah and a lot of them are in wwe yeah i mean even even a uh, even finn balor man he was an icw champion before he left right yeah like he was one of the first but even like yeah. not even with that like even with japan with zack saber jr and marty scroll uh being in like big factions like yeah, they're yeah. they're making making things happen. Yeah, I mean that ricochet as well. I mean his his, his athleticism is just it's off the scale, man. And he was on our show last year too. And right, yeah, yeah, that guy. crazy spot I remember last yeah. year. Where he, that was wild. And I just remember being like, "Whoa, this is a big venue. This isn't like a <laughs> this isn't a quote unquote bingo yeah. hall, you know?" Like, see, the good thing about that venue is, is that, I don't know if you've noticed the shape of it is circular, so it has that kind of like MSG look. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's cool, and it's like three tiers, just all circular, man. Yeah, it's a it's a great wrestling arena, and and I'm a big uh, fan of that stuff, and. Uh, like what? So you guys just had the big ICW show a few days ago, and yes. and you mentioned Triple H uh, was at the show uh, to me in an email. Like, did you get to talk to him at all, or like shake his hand or anything like that? No, uh, he turned up at the ICW show in Wales, uh, 
and he just came back, was talking to everybody, and then he went out and endorsed the company. I think he went, he went out with Pete Dunne, and he went out with Mark Dallas, uh, the owner of ICW. He just oh, I see, put, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. at a smaller show. Right, right. I remember. Yeah, yeah. And then the one after that was like Rey Mysterio, Kevin Nash, Rob Van Dam, uh, and then you had all the ICW guys. But it's just, it's, it's crazy, man. Like, everything going on in the UK wrestling scene at the moment is just absolutely mind-blowing. And then you get little guys that, like me that get to work in it. And the cool thing is, you see, because, like, I DJ'd in a metal club for years. Uh, and I do other stuff. I do the synthwave stuff. But, like, see, see having, like, not a blinkered opinion on rock and metal, it means I can do different styles. Like, I did Bram. Bram got a tune that was heavily, heavily influenced by Meshuggah. Joe Coffey got one that was heavily influenced by Black Sabbath and Candlemas. You know what I mean? Like that old Doom style. Like I just like to mix it up. Mm-hmm. So not everything sounds the same. But but then, see when you hear all these different styles of music coming through these big arenas because of how much these guys have built this up. It's, it's, it's euphoric. That's the only word that can describe it. I can only imagine being in, in an arena that big and hearing music you produce being reacted to yeah i mean as you said like the war machine one that's going to be ridiculous in the tokyo dome and i think that will 100 percent top that i heard it in the hammerstein ballroom <laughs> I, I was at that show that, that was in may what? right yeah yeah and they came the out with some yeah. gear on and everybody was nodding their heads <laughs> that's another thing that i do as well like see when i'm watching tapings back mm-hmm. when 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 the guys are coming out to what, whatever song it is they've got I like to look at the crowd. If they're nodding their head, I've got them. Yeah. I feel, and also, you know, it's all about those first few seconds. Like, yeah. I think it's a big part of recognizing which character it is and, and like having that instant recognition leads to the best possible pop. Yes. Uh, kind yes. of going back to what you said earlier with like the longer intros, it kind of, it kind of bores the crowd and they're not as eager to, to cheer when the wrestler appears after the initial pop yeah. too. Yeah. They're just standing there going, right, hurry up. Yeah. If like, you want to see him come out. But then, but then again, like from learning that from my mistakes, mm-hmm. I've just kept it down to like maybe a two bar intro or a four bar intro. But again, you're talking no more than like eight seconds. Right, it's a trial and error, like you you, you yeah. said. Like you did, you might have done a fifteen second intro before, but then you went to the arena, you saw how people reacted versus a shorter intro, and you kind of refine yeah. it from there. And the, the good thing about it is, you see, because you save all the session files, you can go back in and change it. You can go back in and take that intro and just cut it in half. You mm-hmm. just go, I'll get rid of that. Boom, there you go. Shorter sting, bigger pop. Everybody's happy. There you go, yeah. And I wanted to mention earlier when we were talking about favorite theme songs, we mentioned Jimmy Hart. Uh, I feel Jimmy Hart is is an underrated songwriter in his own right because, first of all, those Honky Talk Man songs he wrote have are genuinely amazing songs that got stuck in my head. Yeah. Did he not do Common Man as well, Dusty Rhodes? He did do that. Yeah, See, pretty, yeah. so he kind of had like a cheesy style and it worked when it was like Honky Talk Man's first song or like... Uh, uh, a honky love or something like that. The song they did at WrestleMania yeah, six yeah, with rhythm and yeah. blues. Oh man, that song was stuck in my head for years, for years. I, I would just get it stuck for days at a time. Yeah. Uh, but then there would be some of his like later output, like WCW stuff oh, God, where it's yeah. like American males or his like WCW Hulk Hogan <laughs> theme or the, or the Steiner. Well, Steiner line, 
I ironically like. Like, you know, this yeah. is the story of two brothers. It's <laughs> God. <laughs> Did they not? I think he'd done demolitions as well, man. Like, like, cause a lot of people go, yeah, yeah, but they don't realize, as you said, they don't realize that like Jimmy Hart done some of those songs as well. Right, right, yeah, hey. demolition. That's a cla- That's like a proto metal, <laughs> <laughs> like prototypical metal song. It, totally, it, it's so man of war, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's ridiculous. See, uh, one of the highlights of this year as well was one day on Twitter, I got a message from Jimmy Hart just saying, "Listen, dude, I love your cover of the Four Horsemen theme." And I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, I, haven't, I, I have to I, check that out. I can retire. Like, I was just sitting one day and I was sitting making a synthwave song. And then I was like, hold on a minute. This is like the Four Horsemen theme. And then I just kind of gave it that, like, see, because it sounded 80s already. I just kind of tightened it up a bit and then learned how to play the do 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 And then I just sat for ages learning how to play that. It's just, the, it's just the traditional, like with the guitar riff down, like that or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's the thing. That's what I did though. Again, going back to the OCD, I learned both versions. I learned the down, 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 and then I went away and learned the do, 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 do. <laughs> and then I, when I got that message, I was like, "This is amazing." And then I got a message from JJ Dillon as well, and I was like, "Right, I can retire happy. I'm <laughs> completely amazing. done." <laughs> yeah, I, that that's really cool. When when you know, obviously Jimmy Hart. And also, you know, like he had a big hit in the 60s. I remember uh, I looked up his Wikipedia and like he had a genuine pop hit with like the Gentries, I think was the band. I forget what what his band was that he produced, but it was like legit. Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. I mean, one of the things that I want to do now is like I want to try and incorporate like a modern version of some synthwave and metal and try to get it into new japan see because see because uh well yeah i've done a song for them already but because japan love power metal and symphonic metal and they love you know like x japan and stuff like that that i want to try and do something like that something that just sounds like absolute synth metal madness that's that's next year's goal that's next year's goal that i think there needs to be more synthwave in professional yes. wrestling, for sure. Yes. Well, well, I've just recently me and my friend uh, Eddie. He's uh, he produces under the name Deadlife. We just hooked up with Megaran, and now we're all doing some stuff together, man, which is cool. Because Megaran had been looking to do some synthwave stuff. I mean, because synthwave just sounds like really, really, really good computer game music, and that guy could easily rap over that so then i got him in touch and him in touch and now the ball is rolling <clears throat> and we're going to hopefully get some synthwave hip-hop out there but before that synthwave metal that's awesome and if there's anybody you could do is there anybody you want to create a, a entrance song for like a, a bucket list of people to work with i want to do kenny omega a new song i think he really needs a synthwave song like see with the whole terminator gimmick he needs it Come to me. <laughs> you need a synthwave song. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you just picture him coming out. Like, see, you know how he did the, uh, at the Wrestle Kingdom. He did the Terminator gimmick, and he like you, you could hear the ba bam bam ba bam. Yeah, man. See if he was coming down, looking like the cleaner, and he had that kind of bum bum dun dun but that total like drive sounding synthwave man. He would look like one mean bastard. I think it would be great, man. 
I think you should just do it and send it over to him. <laughs> just do it and be like, here's your new song. And everyone's yeah. like, what? And I'm like, yeah, that's your new song. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I'd like to do a song for at the moment. <clears throat> I wanted to do a song for Trent Seven and Tyler Bate, but I've just recently done that. And I deliberately put saxophone in it so it sounded like old school dog eat dog. <laughs> that's like great. Like that whole kind of like, who the king, who the king. Like, I just, I don't know, man, like, Putting saxophone in one of their songs is, for me, is the music equivalent of, like, a glorious moustache. So, I was like, ah, man. That's, that has to go with it. Uh, I wouldn't mind redoing Kevin Owens' song. See, coming from a rap metal band, like, an old, the old kind of, like, biohazardy kind of style, and see that riff that he's got in that song, just that... I just... I need some kind of, like, rap metal vocals over that, man. That would be. I think that would give it mm. the ed- the edge that it that it needs. I actually did do two verses of that. Like I just wrote some shit and I recorded it over that. But then I put a clip of it up on Twitter, just like a little thirty second video. Like yeah, I'm just doing this for fun. But then my friend Matthew from Botchamania retweeted it, and Twitter blew up, so I had to delete it. <laughs> I was just like, no, it's not. It's not official or anything. I'm just like enjoying myself on a Saturday night. Just rapping some shit over his song but yeah i'd like to do his man sounds cool and you so you have a band you have the van damage which is your yeah. synthwave band now is that based on jean-claude van damme or rob van damme jean-claude van damme man. <laughs> <laughs> what it is this is where i got the name from uh i used to collect or still collect old original cinema quad posters you know the ones that were the, they're in the theaters when mm-hmm. they came out yep and then they're never released again everything after that's a reprint well i collect those and i had a double impact one really the one where van damme was the twins yeah and it said on it double the action double the van damage and i was just like <laughs> that's the name if i ever do a band that's the name and yeah that's what it was man and we are actually i'm going to an evening with jean-claude van damme in january so yeah, he'll be getting told that. Well, I mean, that's amazing. I didn't know he was yeah. doing one-man shows. Yeah, I think it, uh, this is his first tour, man. It was cool. Uh, but yeah, the Van Damage is cool, man. We've just finished a new album that sounds really, really rocky for. Like, the first album was cool. It was very, like, synth-poppy with a little bit of an edge. But this one, I was like, nah, man. Every single track has to sound like it would be in an action movie. So the whole thing just sounds like Rocky Four. Well, I have never heard a better pitch for an <laughs> well, album. I, I'm trying to be polite. Like everybody else that say to me, "What does it sound like?" And I'm saying, "Man, it sounds like it sounds Rocky Four as fuck. It just sounds like it just sounds like biceps. That's what the <laughs> album sounds like. Fucking biceps." <laughs> but uh, we're going to debut some of that stuff in April. When well, we've actually got the first ever Scottish Synthwave Festival next week, but we'll see how it goes. But after that, we've got a show with Dance with the Dead and then Ghost. Oh, nice. And then we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. And get that out there. Because I like Dance with the Dead, man. They've got that whole synthwave metal thing going. And they're really cool guys. So it'd be cool to kind of debut at that. But yeah, man, it's just like total Rocky Four fucking bicep weightlifting. Like, even the pitch for the album cover, I was like, I want a guy. He kind of looks like Duke Nukem, but not too much. He's more musclier. And it's a cross between Duke Nukem and uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando. And he's got like a fucking 
four barrel rocket launcher in one arm one arm <laughs> but he's like the way he's holding it on his shoulders he's tensing that bicep and then on the other arm for no reason he's holding a fucking dumbbell just doing weights while firing rockets and there's fucking explosions and everything in the background and everybody's dying and this guy just looks like just looks like rocky four <laughs> that's pretty much it uh, awesome well i'll be sure to play some van damage on this episode oh, thank you very much and i want to thank you for taking some time uh to talk to me i want to thank you for having me sir it has been a pleasure it's been an absolute pleasure if you ever find yourself in new york city going to a wrestling show if you ever make it to the hammerstein ballroom you should definitely uh meet at the lobby for an overpriced beer yes an overpriced <laughs> brewski and if you're ever over this end of the pond then mm-hmm. i'll hook you up and we can go to some wrestling shows man that sounds like an amazing plan i would love to see some british wrestling i definitely want to eventually nice. make it out for like either icw or like i've been watching a ton of that stuff and especially uh like uh the rev pro shows where they bring in the yeah. new japan guys i'm like yeah blown away because they uh book a bunch of, like they book matt riddle and, and keith lee and these those guys they come around here all the time and i'm i'm huge yeah. fans of theirs and to see them interact with yeah. the new japan guys is so cool like the keith lee uh ishii match at rev pro yeah. a few weeks ago i don't know if you saw that yeah. it was absurd you also ju- you also just reminded me that I'd done a song for Keith Lee like four weeks ago as well. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> There's just so many, but again, with his, like I listened to his original song, you know what I mean? Try to get into his character, man, uh, his, uh, like, his whole vibe, his whole look, and he got a big, mean bastard hip-hop song. Yeah, he's, he's, ama- he's going to be a huge star. He's already a pretty big star, but I think he's yeah. going to be a really, really big deal very soon. Yeah. Yeah, are you, are you looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom? I am very much looking forward to it. Uh, I would love to one day see it live. <laughs> this year was not a good yeah. time, but I'm super pumped. The uh, I've just been really getting into New Japan these last two or three years, so it's they never disappoint me. I never watch a New Japan show and is like, ah, oh, that that was a waste of time, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, which happens with certain other promotions sometimes, but. Uh, I'm really excited. I was really hoping for Ibushi versus Kenny Omega uh, as right, one of the main right. events, but I'm really, really looking forward to Jericho versus Omega. And I, I realize, uh, like, if I turn off the Mark part of my brain, I realize yes. as a business decision, a Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho match is a million times more marketable yeah. than an Ibushi match. And you know, obviously, they're trying to get more casual fans, some more. American fans or, or English speaking fans and, and no match could really be bigger than that for that type yeah. of audience. See when the video get released, like mm-hmm. when it showed you Jericho and Omega. Yeah. Did you do what I did and watched it like four times, five times, and then sent it to everybody you know? Like, watch this, watch this, look what's just happened. Well, like so, you know, the show happened uh overnight. Uh, the the show in Japan and I'm in yeah. I'm in New York and so like the with the time difference it's it starts at five in the morning so oh, the man. announcement was made sometime at like or no that's not true uh, it starts at like three or four in the morning so the announcement was made at like six thirty seven in the morning so I wake up the next yeah. morning oh my god and yeah. I, I just I just see the tweet like I see a tweet like 
Uh, or like I see a tweet with a Photoshop of Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, and I'm like, what is this? Is this like fan art? <laughs> like, what's going on? And then I kept, you know, I did like a search and I found the video and I'm like, this is insane. This is, yeah. I, I can't believe this is real. This is like, this is brilliant. <laughs> They're so yeah. smart. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I kind of did the same where it's like, I seen people post about it, but the video wasn't released yet. And I was like, what? Whoa, what's going on? No. And then again, I went straight on to Twitter and I was like, I'm going to find this. I'm going to find it. And then when I found it, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, and this it was a great, ridiculous. it was a great hype video by Jericho. I yeah. thought he did a great job. And then, but for me, I was like, that was amazing. And then like two hours later, Triple H walks into my work. <laughs> and I was just like, what's going on today? What is like, going on in wrestling lately, <laughs> right? <laughs> those, those two, those two things happened in the space of 12 hours. Like, you know what I mean? Like him appearing in New Japan and then Triple H appearing at an ICW event. And I was just like, this is the craziest Sunday in wrestling <laughs> since I, I don't even know how long man it's a great time to be a wrestling fan right now yeah. i think I, th I don't think I there's totally ever been agree. a better time and i, I grew totally up during agree. the late 90s monday night war boom with ecw yeah. around and i say now yeah. is better see the thing is see in the uk we only used to get ecw on a thursday night for 30 minutes in the uk wow it was on, it was on a channel called bravo and they would only show it at 10.30 to 11. But it was never one episode. It was just all cut. It, like, just lots of different bits cut and stuck together, man. Yeah, like... So you just kind of had... You had to make up in your own head what was actually right. going on. Yeah, and <laughs> there, there was no video <laughs> was on cool. the internet. Like, now you can look up anything, you know? But yeah, for me, it was... I was just scrolling, channel flipping one day at, at 3 in the morning. And then it just started. I'm like, wait a minute. What the hell's going on? This is... A, I know that guy. <laughs> like, wait... <laughs> That's that's like Johnny Polo, but he looks all grunge. Oh, it's Raiden. You know, like, what's going on? Uh, but so, like, how did you watch uh, WCW and, and WWF? Did they have, like, was it on well, a delay? Or, like, what was that? Over here, they showed both of them on a Friday night. What they did was at 9 o'clock, the Cartoon Network changed to TNT. Mm -hmm. And it would be on from 9 till 11. But at the same time, Raw would start at 10 and finish at midnight. So I would start watching WCW at 9, I would watch an hour, turn over to WWF, and at the same time, my little brother would be downstairs watching Nitro, and we would shout on each other if anything's happened. <laughs> and then later, later, <laughs> later on, it would be 9 o'clock to 10 would be Nitro, 10 to 12 would be Raw, and 12 to 1, you would get the last hour of Thunder. And then, oh, weird, that all, yeah. And then, when that all went away, it was just, yeah, it was just WWF. But what a time that was as well. And we used to do that thing like, we didn't get our pay per views until one in the morning, and it would be the, yeah, we're away to bed, good night, mom, good night, dad, love you. And then, as soon as we knew they were sleeping, it would be right, get Skybox office on, and we right, because you didn't, you got the pay per views <laughs> yeah. for free, right? Like, you didn't have yeah. to pay for them, yeah, yeah, we didn't have to pay, and we would just stick on Sky. And then the thing is, though, me and my brother were paper boys, and we had to get up at seven. So one week, one one Monday out of every month, we would totally get rum. We would totally get rumbled, man. Like we would go to bed at four, and we were back up at seven, having to deliver papers before school, and we were just like walking zombies, man. It was, but uh, that's what happens when you're young, man. It was, it was good times. Yeah, it was. It was when it was worth staying up for.
Yeah, I mean, there was one time as well, we were watching King of the Ring 98 and my friend was around watching it and my dad came in the room and there's my friend holding me in a gorilla press slam standing <laughs> on top of the bed and my dad goes, what the fuck are you doing? And we just said, uh, don't know. <laughs> like, we were just like, don't know. It's like, what do you mean, don't know? Get fucking down. <laughs> and then... And then uh, one time I powerbombed my brother through the bed, but because he was only like four or five at the time, I just blamed him. Like, I remember powerbombing him and I heard the bed snap at the bottom mm-hmm. and I just shouted, Aiden, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you jumping on the bed? <laughs> I've, oh, de- man, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've definitely broken a bed uh, wrestling as well. Yeah, I'm going to hell for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it'll be warm and I'll know people, so it's that sort Yeah. Of- It'll be warmer than Scotland in the winter anyway. <laughs> That's true. Well, Dave, thank you so much for taking the oh. time. This has been an absolute pleasure. Likewise. Uh, to talk Likewise. to you. And hopefully we can, we can talk again soon and, and next time be at a professional wrestling event when we do. Yes, and we can have a couple of overpriced intercontinental briskies because <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty deep over here as well, man. But yeah. yeah. We just have like really, really bad beer and drink a lot of it, and then that's cool. And then just go listen to Judas Priest. I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. You know, it always feels like it's so quiet in my uh, apartment, and then right as I'm about to start recording, that's when all the trucks and everything arrive outside the building. But that was a great chat with David, and as promised, uh, I'm going to play a little bit of his band, The Van Damage. And it, it's it's some very fun music. I think you will enjoy it. And as always, uh, follow us on social media. I post cool stuff all the time. Facebook.com slash Squirt Circle Pit. On Twitter, it's at Squirt Circle Pit without the E in circle. I will not take as long to create the next episode. You will hear from me again very soon. <laughs>